Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, we have listened to this episode. Make sure you subscribe and hit that ding-a-ling-a-ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by hitting that five-star rating or head to our official Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast and show your official support for the podcast. My name is Gavin and I've got my usual drinking buddies in the form of Callum and Scott. Good evening, boys. Hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening. And we're joined this evening by Richard from Magic Dragon Brewing. Good evening, Richard. How are you getting on? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yourself? Very well. Uh, very right. excited um, about chatting to you today. Um, we bumped into you and enjoyed your beverages, myself and, and Scott at Brew London. And in fact, even before actual Brew London, the week before we did, we did a preview show, and this was the one on the list where we said, oh, who's Magic Dragon? We need to see Magic Dragon. That's such a cool fucking name. Like, just a bit of just random, like, we need to go and see them. And yeah. the beers did not disappoint on the day, and we're like, we need to get them on the podcast, because the beers were brilliant. Then I think the standout one for me and you, Scott, was the, the, the Black, Black Tiger. IPA. Yeah. Right. It was an absolute standout, like, it's fucking yes. Class. Right. I think that every day they began, thought, fuck it, we'll get you on the podcast. <laughs> Gotta say it's my favorite my favorite beer at the moment, the bottle. Um is the Black Tiger. Oh, smashing. Unbelievable. Um so we had to get you on the podcast. We'll start off as we normally do and go around the virtual table and see what we're drinking to start off the podcast. Um Callum, what have you got to kick things off? I assume a magic dragon, funnily enough. Funnily enough, yeah. So thank you very much, uh, Richard, for sending the beers up. Um hugely appreciated. And uh, this this one is a bit of me. Uh, to be honest, so um, I was designated um, correspondent for uh, beer for the over fifty fives, um, just be- just because of my uh, my liking of old or sort of traditional style beers, um, and this is definitely fits right into that category. And it's the Border Bitter, and it's a three point eight percent best butter, and this is just. It's just perfect for me, really. I mean, it's just, it's like a warm blanket, <laughs> you know, even, <laughs> even though it's icy cold out of the fridge, it's just, it gives you that sort of comfort and, you know, sessionability and, you know, you could just, no nonsense, it's just really simple. But that said, just like everything else, that you know, we always say that the simplest things are the hardest to do. So, and, you know, there's no place to hide. Um, it's It's got a fantastic malt flavour, it's got a lovely dark colour um, it's not too hoppy um, there, there is a sort of little bit of floral note there at the end um, but it's it's uncomplicated cracking beer and you know I, I could quite happily drink this um, all day um, and be and, and, and not, not be looking for, for anything else you know um, as I say it's, it's really really refreshing out of the fridge um, but I'm quite sure that once it warms up the flavours are going to get a bit more complex and once it gets gets to that sort of cask temperature, it'll be a whole, a whole other drink I'm, and I'm quite sure it's not going to disappoint either. Um, yeah, I'm totally glad that I started with this one. Delish. Right up your street into that. That uh, is absolutely, yep. 100% right up your street. Gilroy, what you got, mate? Uh, sticking with the summer <clears throat> the summer beers, I decided to open the... I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold back any longer. I decided to open the Obsidian first. Oh. So it's the well stout, 4.2%. I'm a, a stout lover, regardless of what season is. And in case you wondered, Richard, it's, this is our summer this week here. 
last five days, this is it up in central Scotland. This is as good as it gets. So um, everybody's out lying in deck chairs, painting their fences and everything. I'm inside of my stout, which is exactly where I should be. Yep. <clears throat> it's incredible. We've got a lovely kind of... We've I've had smoked beers in the past, and there, there can be, at times, they can be quite overpowering. I'm not a peaty whiskey guy. I'm not... It's not really my scene, but this has got just a lovely, just slight hint is something that just adds an, an extra degree of depth to... to uh, 4.2 percent is pretty light. We've had a lot heavier, heavier, heavier stouts than that, and this backs a depth of flavour that that is warrants a much higher ABV than what it's got. It's got a lovely body to it. It's it's just perfect. It's really good. I love the kind of smokiness. It's obviously it's, it's pegged as a Welsh stout, so I'll ask what's the the finer Welsh stout compared to, to compared to its other um its other incarnations for us. If you can help me out. No, um, Welsh beers in general um, are slightly sweeter. Um, I think that goes back to um, about centuries ago when it was like a honey beer was um, sort of the staple Welsh beer. Um, and we're speaking a lot of a lot of our brewers. The idea for Welsh stout is it's just a slightly sweeter than your London, right? Your London stouts uh, and your Irish ones. So it's just got a little bit of sweetness to it. And that little bit of smoothness to go through, which is which gives it that the Welshness. Yes. Okay. Excellent. And it does have got a lovely kind of rich kind of chocolatey flavour. I would say it has it's got that sweetness, but it also has it balances it really well. That touch, <clears throat> slight hint of smoke, definitely helps balance it out to the point whereby you could. It's like Callum said about the bar. It's sessionable as hell. You could just you could just go mm-hmm. and and enjoy a good few and and not even bat an eyelid nor be. Like you said, Callum, as well, I'll echo that. Look for anything else. Um, and based on that and having tried the, the Black Tiger, that seems to be a theme, um, which I'll sure give. I'm sure will continue into Gav's description of what he's having as well. I'm sure you're, you're on the golder side of things. Gav, I'm on the golder side of things, and I, yeah, I agree to that statement as well. Um, it's just, it, like you said, it's just doing good beer fucking properly. And 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 like you said, Carl, yeah. Yes, it's not so much you're saying it's a simple beer. It's, it's, there's complex things about these beers. However, if they're done properly and they're done correctly, and they, yes, they're old styles, then they can be fucking smashing beers. I'm on the Golden Ale, 4%. Um, this is just a, a, this is just summer in a bottle for me. Like, I can see, I can see me myself drinking this as a cask as well. It, it feels like it's going to suit that, that kind of style of beer. Um, proper sessionable with the, the cascade in it. It just, you can, Definitely get that in the back end with a wee bit of bitterness, that dryness that's coming through in the back end as well. Lovely and sweet in the middle. And it's just a perfect, it's honestly not even like blowing smoke up anybody's arse, but it's a perfect beer for just sitting in a beer garden and just on a Sunday afternoon, just chilling. Just do, do fuck all, sit in a beer garden, good company, good beer. Don't really think you could ask for much better, to be fair. Don't think you'd do it much better than that, and it's a, a an award winning beer at that. So fucking damn right, it's an award winning beer. Yeah, we won gold, silver. We got a two star great taste award for it, um, and it um, highlights who it ended up being in the BBC Good Food magazine a couple months back. Fucking nice. no shit. Yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> and a company. It's, a, it's a one of those with a, a Welsh rare bit as well, apparently. Yeah, it's one of our. We actually won a um, first. That's the first award it won. Um, it went into um, the local, the local restaurants, 
um, wanted to use it to pair it with um, the North Wales um, food competition have each year. And they did a dish with Welsh rarebit and eating gold. And they won the overall winner for the um, for the competition. Excellent. And that was the um, the deciding factor was the eating gold. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> Which was fantastic. I, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I, I could agree with that. Fucking ten times over. I mean, the Welsh rarebit was probably like mid level, and then, like you said, the beer just fucking <laughs> bolstered it to the top of the table by all means. We are, definitely, up here in Scotland, would call that the, the Welsh rarebit. That's a, a a fancy version of roasted cheese, as we would roasted, call it. Uh, um, and it's absolutely unbelievable. If you've had it, I can only imagine how well it would go with something like that. Just to, it's, it's obviously it's it's. Cheese is obviously fatty. It's pretty intense. You can imagine a golden meal will just cut right through that. Oh, mate, um, it's perfect. Done properly as well. So, I've thanks, Richard. You've made me absolutely. You've made me starving as well. Thanks. It's all right. Cheese and beer. What more can you say, really? No, that's, <laughs> it. that's it. I've never had my dinner yet. And me neither. Um, are you having a beer this evening, Richard? Or are you? Yeah, I'm actually. Um, let us I'm talk waffle. Yeah, I'm having. <laughs> I'm actually having one of the green ones at the moment. Something a bit lighter because um, it is a bit probably. Um, f- few degrees warmer down here. Yes. Um, yourself. So it's um, I thought I'll have a have a green one, and I'll probably get the black tiger because I think the black tiger's perfect. Um, cold black tiger's ridiculous. Black tiger is ridiculous. Um, you you got that, Cal? I yes. Uh huh. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's ridiculous. Um, Richard, <laughs> we'll start off as we normally do when we have a guest on the podcast and find out a little bit of background, how it started, and the story of Magic Dragon. Okay, um, well, the Mag- Magic Dragon itself, um, I took over what used to be the Plassey Brewery, mm-hmm. uh, which is the oldest microbrewery in North Wales. And um, a friend of mine had the brewery, and they were looking at retiring. So at the time, I was just um, running a family pub. Yep. And he knew I quite liked the idea of my own brewery, coming through, and then he actually turned around to me and said, Rich, why don't you take over the brewery? I was like, well, what the fuck do I know about brewing beer on a commercial basis? Let's be, let's be honest here. And he was like, well, you know more than most people. So I said, look, I'll have a go. I'll take over the brewery on a short-term basis. If you can make some beer that's sellable, I can make a living out of it. Yep. I'll take it on. And um, so literally went to my first CBA meeting and um, Will from, from Sloping collared me and said, look, Rich, you need to change the name because you're the fourth brewer taking over the Plassey. You can't really call it the new, new, new Plassey Brewery. So it's just <laughs> going to get stupid, isn't it? So we sat back and we thought about it and thought, well, we've got magic because let's face it, when you add yeast to a beer or, or wort, sugar yep. liquid, mm. turns it to alcohol, let's face it, it's pretty magical, really. Yeah, it is. It's alcohol. Um, it, right. it really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, the, the dragon um, bit is basically for whales. Yep. Um, so that's where Magic Dragon came from. And the first time I said to everyone, I'm going to call the brewery Magic Dragon, they said, so what, what, what other drugs are you selling then? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come off it, that gives a chance. But um, I thought, no, we'll, have a, we'll persevere with Magic Dragon. Um, got all the jokes um, initially, and now it's everyone's just raving about the beer. So, so I think the, the name's cracking, to be fair. Like I said to you, when I looked through the list of, of breweries that were, that were going to brew London, Magic Dragon, Magic Dragon was the one that stuck out the most. I was like, "That's fucking what the who, I was like, who are these guys? That's a wicked name." I think it's that, and then you see like there's you've seen it. Not I've seen it loads, but we 
follow a lot of American sport, sports and things like that. So not just names, but logos mean a, a great deal. Yeah. And there's a total difference between the Magic Dragon and the dragon on your logo. Like, it, it, they're night and day. So when you see that, it's like, it's, it's you get Norse, like, you get mythology, you get um, kind of Skyrim, total, that kind of fantastical Game of Thrones style vibe and no the magic dragon where they're asking you what else have you got on kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what else are you into um, it's, it, it's seeing the logo and seeing the branding and everything and then obviously the product in the, in the glass um, and the bottles just makes it, it totally makes sense and I'm so glad to hear you, you that the the because it was like me I was kind of here we go, what are we going to see? And then as soon as you've seen the branding and tried the, the, the Black Tiger, which I, I, we've mentioned it enough times. I know. But when we tried that, because it was, it totally blew our But I think the reason, the reason why we were so excited about that beer when we were at Brew London and why we've probably mentioned it about four or five times to the point where folk are going, going shut up about saying fucking Black <laughs> Dragon, is the fact that it was, it was, it was, you had it on a, a, a cask, it was a cask beer that was available. So, it wasn't like anything else that was on that was getting pulled. Yeah, it's not something think, we've seen a lot of. Oh, have I got all in it? No, it was, was the stout. The stout was the stout was cask. The stout that was cask. So that's what that was like. Another thing that was drawn drawn us there. I knew I'd said <clears> that wrong there. It was it was superb. It was just we. We knew we had to see. We were talking about it the week before. We had to yeah. see Magic Dragon. We had to go and see what it was all about and what it was like. And then when I saw the logo, I was like, "It's it's superb." And then the beer, we waited and waited because the queue was massive. Yeah, I mean, you remember, like the queue was huge. It was never it was never short the whole day, and that's uh, obviously a testament to to the how good the beer was. Like the people that were doing the kind of labeling stuff across yeah. it was the the can labels and everything really were uh, nab a pen while I was waiting in the queue <laughs> so we could try and write some notes and stuff down and they were it was like everybody was in about their back while they were waiting on getting served it was superb next to them with a not far away from them with the loud the super um, loud fleeces that we were talking about I can't you know remember what I mean yeah, I'll I never remember the name but the super <laughs> loud fleeces and shirts was unbelievable how did you find then that like you said when you took over the brewery you changed the name and you, you had a dabble the brewing side how was your the first kind of feedback from those first beers that you started making and coming out with um i think it was more well you've got something here you can actually brew some beer that's sellable mm-hmm. are you going to do anything that's any that's different and that's what a lot of people were coming and saying to me you're going to do things a bit different mm-hmm. um and the feedback for the quality of the beer was was really positive um it did take me a while to get the recipes spot on with what I was happy with. I mean, you mentioned before about the board of bitter, for example. It probably took me about 20 attempts to actually create a good standard quality best bitter. Yeah. And I think it probably is the hardest beer that I had to produce of all time. The Black Tiger, which I'm over the moon with, was actually your first attempt. Oh, um, really you know, you, you sort of got a recipe in your head, you think you can have a go at this, you know, chuck the hops in, um, create it in my, in my mind of what the beer is going to come out like. And it just happened, but the but the biggest challenge for me was actually getting the like the likes of the border bitter right, the eaten gold. You know your staple beers. Yeah, um, get them down together. They're they're the challenges for it for me, um, because it you, I think with people even though you get a name for yourselves from 
the things that will be a little bit different, a bit quirky. It's the staple products that people want to drink all the time that you've got to get you've got to get spot on, and um, that's that's been the hardest. But it took me, I reckon about two years. Have you found it? Have you found because obviously you're, you're based kind of uh, up Wrexham? Have you found so like kind of London-based breweries are always complaining about the water profile, which is fair enough to be fair. Have you did you find that you had to play about with your water too much, or was it as it was it decent already? Um, it was it was decent already. I mean, I had to alter it slightly and um, put, put a bit of calcium in there mm-hmm. because very little calcium in there. So it's good for for the lagers, for the stouts, and the darker beers. Are not that great for you know for the border bitter or, or the eating gold, but I've only added a little bit, and I thought, well, this is the water that I've got. I need to work with that water, yeah, and this is and work with it rather than try and change it too much. I need to change what I'm putting in with the water to get the beer, and that's sort of the focus I've put I've looked on rather than try and say, well, this is what people say you should you should make a when I first started the brewing the, the recipes. Mm-hmm. This is what a recipe for this is. I thought, well, this is what I want to create. This is what I've got. Let, let's see what we can come up with. It's actually a good point, to be fair. Like you, you speak to a lot of brewers and, oh, and you need to change the water profile, blah, blah, blah. And yes, to some degree, where you're based, the water can be obviously shit, like being in London and, and certain other places. But sometimes it's just a case of just work with what you make the, the beer work with what you've got instead of trying to alter that natural ingredient that that as pure as it is in certain places and then obviously like i said in some places it's like muck to be fair so like yeah it's, it's probably a really good point there like just work with what you've got instead of just try to manipulate and do what everyone else does like just do what yeah, you've what got people try and recreate water from the past or water from another area of the country mm-hmm. and it's good to kind of use what you've got and use it to your advantage because it will be a it'll be a pretty unique like we always say it can up here just the same as in Wales I'd imagine we're pretty spoiled when it comes to to water profile mm-hmm. which then leads to good beers coming naturally because the, the water table's where it needs to be and you don't need to mess about it too much it's, it's one of the I, reasons I, why brewing takes off in these areas you know what I mean it's because before you knew to add X, Y and Z salts and this, that and the next thing and go and get your, your water table or whatever it is for the Yep. The the supplier, you, you, they kind of went with what they got, and they brewed great beer anyway. So, I think that's it. I think a lot of people, um, and brewers particularly, they're always trying to focus on let's brew the perfect Burtonwood bitter, or or the perfect California yeah. IPA. Yes, there's no way you're going to get um, water from California, or even get anywhere near it, because uh, it's mm-hmm. a totally different water table. Mm-hmm. So, why are people trying to create something? That this just can't do. <laughs> it just makes, exactly. makes me giggle a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's... And that's how, and that's how you know, going back into prehistory almost. That's how pubs and and you know people congregating to drink. Apologies if you covered this while I was uh, dealing with children there, but that, you know people congregating to drink together is because you know Scott brews the best beer because he's got the best water, and the water where we are is crap. So we'll go there and drink his beer. Because you know, so what you know, you're not going to read. You're not going to be able to replicate that. You know, you know. Some people, some people do. Some people do a a a good stab at at, you know recreating or trying to recreate water and 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 all the rest of it. But it's you know, there's no substitute for the real thing. There's it's the 
you mentioned Burton Neil, so that the I listened not long ago to Pete Brown's the audiobook. Uh, Pete Brown is trying to get the IPA to the the Burton IPA to India, and it's such a it's a different the story different class, but it totally brings out the the one of, once it's kind of taken off in its local area. The thing we need everybody who thinks they're they've got half a, bris, a business mind is how do we shift this mm-hmm. and how do we get it to survive. When it gets there, no. How can we? No. How can we make it there? The first thought is, how do we move this? How do we shift it and make sure it's still alive when it gets there? And that's the the kind of ingenuity of that whole story is. We're not going to try and mess with the the. We're not going to try and brew it over. The, there's no point. We we've tried. It doesn't work. You end up with a swamp and a cask when you try and make it there. <laughs> we need to we need to lift and shift this, and we need to keep it. We need to keep it right when it gets there, and the the, the kind of ingenuity that goes into that is different class. There's a reason why you've got to stick with what you're good at, and yes, you can do an ode to X, Y, or Z style, but it's your version because it's your water and it's your your choice of ingredients and your way of putting the, the things together that mean you'll never ever replicate anybody's version. Really, truly, it's just a, yeah. it's a different beer all the time. Exactly. I agree. I think there's a lot of people like try to over the years try to create Timmy Taylor's landlord. I've never tasted one that's been exactly the same. No, <laughs> but a lot well, of people have to... I mean, how many? Well, the the, the on brand thing up until recently, until the weather got decent, was um, everybody came out with their version of a nitro stout, wasn't it? It's yep. like a let's let's and everybody's done it some to a, a greater degree than others. Like I, I think Ansbach and Hobday's versions is pretty good, but it's not mm-hmm. going to. And it's never going to be, and I don't think they market it as such. But it's never going to be. So it's 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 no Guinness. It's no Guinness isn't Guinness anymore. Let's face it, really. (laughs) Unless you get it at the right place at the right time, poured by the right person, Um, isn't Guinness anymore? So between that and we've seen Camper Vans version, a a good kick at that um, particular ball when it was released, um, just to taste test, obviously. Everybody kind of did it. That was on 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 brand for a bit, but it's never going to be Guinness. So, yeah, exactly. It's alright to have one that's locally brewed, which is a great idea, but it's never going to be Guinness, is it? And to convert that particular tribe is a that's an if you talk about uphill battles, that's the that's a behemoth <laughs> trying to get over trying to get them over the the hump and turn their, their face away to something else. I don't know. I think it's I think it's doable. I think if people nowadays think if they like a good stout. I think they'll try other stouts now. I think 20 years ago, people wouldn't drink anything but Guinness if they were a Guinness drinker. Yeah. But I think things have changed now. I think people are more open-minded to try something a bit different. Yeah. And it was quite funny about in Brew London, I think, um, an Irish guy came up to us and said, "We need to ex- you need to export your stout to Ireland. And <laughs> he was a bit drunk at the time, but I just thought it was the best compliment <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Because, in fact, I think... Um... At blue, 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 London, blue, London. I'm pretty sure it was a stout. I had to try you guys first, and um, if I recall, it was, it was. I'm not a massive stout drinker. However, this was one for me that was. It was sessionable. It was for me as a non-stout drinker. It was actually very drinkable. It was definitely like a milk, milky stout, and I would definitely. Have it again, and I, I will be having it again, incidentally, um, potentially at some point this evening, to be fair. And um, the one thing I wanted to ask you before we, we get grab some more beers and get that stuck into them was for yourself, 
Richard, what's the kind of the process in, in you guys coming up with a new beer? What is that process like? Is it a case of you're just wanting to buy uh, make beers that you want to drink, or are you kind of are you looking at trends, looking at how beer is selling, and going right? Okay, we'll we'll, we'll follow that trend, or you know what? Let's just fuck fuck that, and we'll just do whatever fuck we want. I think it's more fuck that do whatever, whatever we want really. It's um, <laughs> I mean, we just brewed one this week, um, well actually last week, which was um, some. Somebody asked me, I think it was Monty's actually, I uh, get along with those guys quite well. They're, um, one of their friends having a beer festival. Yeah. And he knows I've got experimental brew plant. So he, he said to me, he said, fancy doing a strong beer? I said, how strong do you want it? He <laughs> said, <laughs> about 9% plus. So um, I thought, well, what we're brewing this week? So we're sort of brewing the green one. So we thought, you know what, let's just take some water off the green one, make it extra strong. And we've um, just out of the blue, we decided to do... Um, the green one, triple X reserve, and it's going to be about 9.5%. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. It's delicious. So it's just um, just being cask up tomorrow, actually. And a 500ml bottle? No, we've just, we've just literally only done a very oh. small batch to try it. Oh. Um, about uh, Just one barrel, experimental <clears throat> batch of it. And um, you can really taste the alcohol in it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but it's just out of the blue, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll just do that. I think the week before, we've done a seasonal, um, and I wanted to experiment a little bit with strawberries. Yep. So we got some strawberry puree, added it to a um, to a brew. Unfortunately, no colour came into it, so it's all crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And it's um, a very light pale ale with hints of strawberry in it, which um, I think we're calling it um, very good. <laughs> oh, it's a bit of a play on words. Um, Excellent. Well, I enjoy a good play on words, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it's more when we're doing creating beers. I think it's more. Let's. I think you do look at different trends and what's going on, but I think you think of well, what do I want to try? Yeah. What do you think we could produce something a bit different this time when we're doing a seasonal? And you know, you've got to have a play in. I think part of being a craft brewer nowadays, I think it's having the ability where at least six or seven times a year, you can let's say, let's come up with something totally different. You know, if it's rubbish, it's rubbish, but we won't tell anybody about it. But if it's yeah. great, we'll shout about it. <laughs> and um, have a play in, you know, create something a bit different. I, yeah, there, I, agree. Really. I don't I don't think breweries all the time, every every week, every second week, have to come up with something weird and wonderful and daft. Like, if you've got a good solid beer that you know sells, and it's a drinkable beer that you want to drink, why would you not make it? Like, yeah. it keep one. It keeps it. It keeps the brewery going. Two, everyone enjoys it, and no one's compl- no one's going to turn around and go, "Oh, I can't believe you made that really good fucking beer again." Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, instead of going, "Oh, you've decided to do some X, Y, and Z and put fucking peanuts and seaweed together." Oh, why would the fuck? Would you do- that's where you're going to get your complaints from. Like that. That's where you're quickly going to lose people. Um, but yeah, these brews, all all good to them, and I hope that like all the best. But it's just it's just giving yourself extra work, surely. I mean, I, th- I think for for me, it's it's as a brewer, you want to have a bit of a play, but at the same time, you've got to create what people want to drink. Yeah, and you know, you have got your hardcore your ranges. Like for us, it's like the gold and the green are by far our two most popular, followed by the, the obsidian. They're our most popular beers, and I think we stopped producing them. I think I'd be lynched, <laughs> um, but um, but at the same time, you want to you 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 want to at least every, every, 
you know, probably once every, every six or eight weeks, you want to produce something a bit different, have a bit of a play. Yeah. You know, everyone's looking for perfection that you know will never be there because everyone's tastes are always changing. Yeah. So you're always sort of chase, chasing something that will never exist. But yeah. you never know. You might come up with it for, for one week. <laughs> exactly. You guys have obviously got the brewery tap and stuff as well. So is that quite a good... Is that a good testing ground to get your hardened green one drinkers on to maybe try <laughs> well, someone else? Yeah, like I mean... Dolphin, it's... for example, which I'm sure will someday will come on to shortly. Yeah, the um, yeah the tap's great. I mean, we're looking to open up another tap room, um, and that's why, really, we got the um, the play kit, Yeah, really. is. I think it's it is where you can actually, you know, once, once every other week, we can create something different, weird and wonderful, or change... One of the beards. I mean, one of the things we're looking at doing next year is we're looking at creating the obsidian, um, but as a nine percent beer or ten percent, but doing a one one couple one barrel brews of it. And we've had the privilege of one of the Welsh whiskey um, com- companies saying that we can actually use some of their casks. Wow! And put the beer in. <laughs> um, so we're going to see what happens. Um, I don't. It, it could end up being totally wrong and go go badly or it could end up being the best thing we've ever produced but we're going to have a go at some point this year so in about 12 months time um, we won't be surprised we have some 300ml bottles of um, wow. an, an Imperial Welsh barrel aged excellent sounds amazing that, that sounds amazing, amazing that's that in fact that but that's doing no. things the right that's doing things the right way you know I mean there's so many there's, there's so many times that we've we've had you know, beers where it's been an average an average beer that they've tried to pep up by or make it more interesting by, yeah. you know, sticking it in a barrel and saying, well, you know, it's always about to be good what comes out, but you know, if you start with shit, you're going to get shit at the other end. So you're you're starting with something fantastic at the beginning. Yeah, so things, you know, it's got it's got to be good, surely. Well, we'll see. I think I think it's going to be the, the enjoyment's going to be trying it. Right, <laughs> definitely. definitely. Oh Christ, hundred percent. How many times? How many times does the the <clears throat> what points? Because we've we've seen that with simple things, fermentation, and various others, and that they're uh, or the the guys at Fierce, for example, their barrel aging project. I know was was an ongoing thing for quite a while, and. Um, the dipping into the X, Y, and Z barrel to see what it's like now is, is definitely the enjoyment. The, the, the enjoyment factor's high in that one and just saying, well, we leave it another three months or is it ready? Leave it, leave it, leave it. We'll come back to it, we'll come back to it. Leave it another three months. Well, imagine how good it'll be. It's great now. Imagine how good it'll be in another three months. Um, I know we've been chatting at the bit when we were done at yours, Gavin, just after Brew London. We went to Beak Brewing and we saw their yeah. barrel aging project and some of the date stamps on them suggested they would be ready for me to to sample them, but none of them were available yet. Yeah, <laughs> much to my um, annoyance. But we'll get them eventually. I I'm sure when they're right, they'll be they'll be released, and I'm I sure yours you... will be too. Yeah, wait, yeah. just wait, just sit and wait, sit and wait. I definitely. Mean, uh, I'm, I'm, glass, I'm hoppy gesturing. I'm well, I was literally going. That was my next. That was my next segue into seeing what we've um, decanted into our vessel. Yeah. For the, for I'm next rather, rather hoppily gesturing along. <laughs> um, this is excellent as well. I love the the kind of zing that that kind of. It's an ale, but it's got that proper. It's got a modern twist on it with the hop level that's in there. It, it's excellent. Gives it a lovely zing. Perfect cold out the fridge. It's definitely the the a kind of summer springtime beer. It's it's easy drinking, but it's it packs a decent punch. In terms of flavour, four and a half percent. It's up there. I, I can 
see that I could happily sit. I know I've said that already, but I could happily sit and knock a, a couple of them back. It's perfect. Um, I love the bite of it. It's it's superb. Um, it's just a really good kind of zing, kind of citrusy punch to it that that kind of wakens you up and and has you coming back for more all the time. It's superb. Is that newer than the? Do you were saying the yeah, green the, one and the? The hoppy jest is actually a very new beer. It started off last summer. We we got some jester hops because um, the UK grown. We thought we'd give it a whirl. And we brewed um, one for the summer at three point six percent. We really liked it, so we decided to brew one for the autumn. That went to four point two percent. We really liked it. We <laughs> thought, you know what? Let's brew another one, but we'll make it a permanent. So yeah, let's do it at four point five percent. So just added the hop level as we went across on it, and um, yeah, I think it's definitely a keeper. It's um, I think I think it's actually it's actually better in the cask. You get more flavour comes out of it. It's one of those beers where I think some beers were perfectly carbonated and are better carbonated. I think that's one of them where it's better out of the cask than carbonated. Mm. Um, You can tell, like, the longer it sits in the glass, it it does kind of, obviously, it's getting close. It's not going to be exact, never going to be exactly the same as it's going to be in cask. And I can imagine that trying something in a bottle always has you, like I've mentioned before, it always has you, Thinking, imagine what that would be like, and imagine what it would be like in cask. <laughs> like, we try that. There's so many 440 mil cans, you're like, imagine yeah. how good that would be. And then imagine how good that would be in cask. And it only happens every now and again, especially with your kind of more modern craft breweries. There's a, a brewery that no longer exists, sadly, up, up here in uh, Edinburgh, that did a, they did a version of their IPA, um, the cone, on cask. And it's the worst decision I've ever made in my life, was leaving the pub <laughs> that it was on in. Right. Um, one of anyway, for, for we, sure. We, we could have finished that cask easily. Oh, easily yeah, between have. us, and and should have done, and and it was a travesty that we left. So I can only imagine this on the the hoppy jester and cask would be just a totally different level. But it's it's excellent as it is, and anybody that gets it in one of the the boxes that you've got on offer is is one to watch. It's superb. You know, I think really that's that's it. a testament to a brewery just in general. A question for yourself, Callum and Scott. A testament to everybody when you, you, like you said, Scott, when you drink a beer and you go, fuck, that's good. But by the way, in cask, how good would that be? Like, surely, like, for me in my head, I'm thinking that's that's like a a tip of the hat going, fuck, that's good. That could be fucking amazing in cask. Surely, like, for me, I'm thinking that that's a a testament to everybody straight away, just that. I think it's when it makes you want to go there. Yeah. To try it at source. Like, you get, we go, we, we try different beers all the time and there's, there's not as many as a, a, there are. There's a good few like Beak and the rest of them that you totally add to the list. And I think this is definitely one. Like it, it's one of them where you want to go there and try it at source. And that's what the, the tester boxes are supposed to be yeah. to get as close to because that's where the, the best craft beer is enjoyed next door to where it's made or on the, the premises is the best yeah. version of what's there because it's the version that the brewer said that's ready. Yep. Bottle it, it's good to go. Or put it in cask, it's good to go, and you can serve that to our tap room. So that's that's the epitome. And the ones that you get to try, that we get to try, and we're in a really privileged position to do so, that make you want to go there. Or or imagine yourself there, having looked at the pictures and everything in the tap room, are the ones that are that have a, a special place, for sure. Definitely. Uh, Cal, you in on your beer? I am. Go on um, then. And it is Dolphin IPA. Oh, bit. Uh, so it's the New Zealand hopped IPA, um, four and a half percent, and this one is a uh, 
pretty good. I'll be honest. That's true. You know, it's <laughs> again, it's 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 you know, for me anyway, it's sort of tipping the hat to that sort of traditional IPA sort of style. It's it's quite understated, although it's it's got really fresh sort of zingy flavours. It's quite under as I say, it's quite understated. It's doesn't it? It's not smacking you about the face like it's not no. overly hopped. It's not you know. Um, too harsh. It's it's really smooth. So refreshing. Um, this is a, uh, <clears throat> I this is another another completely quaffable beer. It really is. And I, I the hop bill is really quite complex as well. I don't know. I don't know what hops are. I mean, it says New Zealand hops on the bottle. Um, I think we've got more to echo in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're getting that sort of quintessential sort of New World hop, if you like. Flavor, um, loads of citrus, um, quite zesty. Um, it's not too much on the nose just now, but it's only, I'm guessing that's probably because it's freezing cold. Um, but it's uh, it's it's all there in the, in the flavor, and it's got a lovely body. And again, the the, the body kind of belies the four and a half percent. It's it's quite strange that you feel really substantial, um, but not heavy. If that makes any kind of sense at all, you know, you're not. It's not. You know, overpowering, claggy, and you know that kind of thing. It's it's, it's lovely, it's really nice. Totally yeah, I'm one. I'm on the same beer myself, mate, and I agree to that. I agree to that it is a a filled flavored beer, and it's almost um, there's a a really good balance there between the malts and the hops because you almost feel like after you've you've taken a drink of it, the, the hops and the malts are, are to sound fucking proper corny. Are like almost having a wee dance. The the malt, will come, the malt will come more forward, and the hop will come more forward, and they just kind of. It's a really ple- and it's a really pleasing bitterness at the end. It's yeah. not. I mean, I don't. I don't like. I'm glad Mark isn't here to laugh, but it's you know I'm 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 not a fan of the sort of ridiculously bitter IPAs, but I, right. and I know that I know that he is. Um, but this one is just it's it's hitting that sort of sweet note yeah. for me. It's just bitter enough that it's just. You know, coat, as, as he would say, coats your tongue and just makes you want to keep coughing away. Aye. It's aye, special. It gives you enough of those New Zealand vibes in terms of the, the kind of light pineiness, the light bitterness. And again, like I mentioned, the malt is, is very well balanced with it. Like I said, corny as fuck, but doing like a dance with it almost. I'm getting I'm getting maybe really good at these beer reviews. Maybe after mm-hmm. five years, you never fucking know. Um, no, but overall, cracking beer. Um, have we absolutely destroyed that description of those two beers? No, I don't think you have at all. I think the um, the dolphin. The only thing about the dolphin I'd say as well um, is in the casket, it's got a bit of a richness to it. Yes, right. Um, as well, it's quite a, quite a bit of a depth because it, it's actually a single hot beer. Um, so it's got that. It's just got a little bit more depth to it with the hop, the flavour coming through, um, which is, I think it's, it's it's an interesting beer. I think it's one of those few ones that we do that I think we've never done it in keg yet but I think it'd be better in keg because it's, it's better in the bottle I think than in cask slightly even though some people will disagree yeah, with me that. No, I, can, um, I, can I think it's one of those beers that. that slightly carbonated I think it does improve, improve the beer but I don't know if that's yeah. because it's a New Zealand hop um, with it but yeah I think you, yeah, I think you're spot on the nail Why did you go for Motueka? Why was it? Why was that the of, um, the, of we, the New World stuff? We, I just had a little kind of chat because I, I get along quite well with um, both Brookhouse Hops and Charles Farron. Um, and I, I would have a chat with them about what they got available, what's what's a bit interesting, what's something a bit different. And um, and what, has anybody done anything as a single hop 
be with us that you're aware of because um, you don't want to do too much of what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Um, and at the time they said, we've got this new um, hop come over from New Zealand. Give it a whirl. Um, and I fell in love with it. So I must admit, I now that you've said that, Richard, I can't off the top of my head rhyme off any Not single, single hop. No. Yeah. No, I was just about to say that it's it's a you can tell that you fell in love with it. It's a it's, <clears throat> to go with it as, as single hop. It's often paired with there's always a, a Citroen a or something else in there or a Nelson Savannah or something like that that's in there beside it to do to go single hop. But as <clears throat> tells us everything about you, you obviously enjoyed it and it does give it a a depth of flavour if you're having it on its own. I'd imagine, um, and I'm yeah, looking forward definitely. to trying it. Uh, superb. Not definitely worth a try. Uh, are you on a different beat yourself, Richard, at all? You, Me, I'm you, about to... You beat us to the tiger, have you? Yeah, I'm, I'm still actually still on the green one, um, <laughs> which just finishing off the bottle. The green actually. one's such a class name, by the way. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's really surreal. It's, I have to... I shouldn't, do, do I dare say it? The green one came about because of Diageo. Um, a few years oh. back, I don't know if you remember, they um, bought all the Citra Hop in the whole of the UK near enough. Um, and I, at the time, I didn't brew the green one. It was um, a beer called Ice Dragon that they used to produce, which was a combination between um, Citra um, and um, another hop, which is very similar um, in, in some ways, um, called Zaka. Yep. And um, I had to get Citra on contract to make sure I didn't run out of Citra. The guys in the hop merchant said, you'd be all right with a Zaka, there's plenty of it, Rich. Don't need a contract. So anyway, along comes Diageo decides to buy a pool of citra. Um, so what do the hot merchants recommend? Have a Zacker instead of as a substitute. Mm. So I go around trying to get hold. So I've got all this citra, ran out of a Zacker, so I couldn't brew the ice dragon. And um, I thought, you know what? Nobody else can brew a single hop citra beer, but I've got loads of citra, so I'll brew one. So <laughs> I, I brewed a citra beer as a single hop citra, and everyone really loved it. And I said, I'll... Oh, but because we produced it on a green badge, and people came <laughs> yeah. back through, it's like, go have that green one, that green one, we have that green one. <laughs> so I thought, well, what are we going to call it, bring it as a permanent? I thought, you know what, just call it the green one. Just go with what everybody else said. Perfect one. idea. Listen to the people, that's good. I like that. Definitely. That's, that's what you cool. want. That's what you want from breweries, local breweries and stuff, etc. Listen to people. Um, like you said, you're based in Wales, you're based in Wrexham. Um, Wrexham is all. Not been much happening in Wrexham. Not been much happening in Wrexham, no. Oh, it's never been in the news at all, has it? No, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, I have to say, I'm quite, quite pleased with my little tap room. I think when um, when Wrexham got promoted, we had to close the doors at half past ten because we <laughs> didn't let anybody else in the pub because it was sat full. Fuck. Um, it was, not, it a bad, was not a bad problem night. to have that one. Um, yeah, and I think on a Tuesday as well, with the parade, I think it was like a Friday night. So um, I've got no complaints to the Americans buying Wrexham Football Club at the moment. Um, I think it's um great vibe, give, give, give Wrexham a good buzz. I mean, I think the last three years, Wrexham are now back in the Football League and it's now a city, not a town. So there we are. It's, um, you, you know, it's, it's it's a place, on, it's got a bit of a vibe, a buzz about it, just yeah. some, something that's, Happening and it's, it's that's, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Like uh, being based there, do, do you like obviously 
we everyone else sees it in social media and sees it in YouTube and everywhere else. It, like you being in it, do you get that vibe and stuff that ev- everyone else seems to get on the outside? Not in the same way. I mean, we, we just get the vibe as people when when they're going around town, um, coming out. They've just got a bit of bit more pride about what's going yeah. on. They're a bit happier. Like, yeah, look, we're we're, we're from Wrexham. It's like a few years ago. I mean, I never thought I was actually, you know, put on the back Wrexham Wales. It was just right. a magic dragon. But now it's like, you know what? Yeah, Pr- proud to be Wrexham. All we need now is the magic dragon on the front of the Rex. I'm strapping in oh, up there. Well, <laughs> I don't think I can afford that bill anyway. TikTok's check probably covers covers things pretty nicely for them. Um, but it just seems like a, as a, an outsider looking in, it seems very much though like the. I think a, a lot of people will say, well, they're like Rob and, and them are, are nice people. So that's the bit that comes through is the like they are but i don't i, I don't i think it for me anyway it's outside looking in it looks like a genuine it looks like we're getting more of what Wrexham was already but enhanced like like it's more more itself or and the people there are more themselves and the club is more itself and that rather than people coming there and two people coming in and totally imposing their will upon an area it seems like they've just done what they can to blend in and enhance what was there already, like a, a spark almost, as opposed to imposing their will upon, we're just going to make this, because you could, anybody could come in with enough money and make everything plastic. Yeah. We've seen it, I mean, well, you see a few examples of it in the Premier League yeah. um, at the moment, and, and I think the the guys have done such a good job in no getting, no getting in the way of the fact that Wrexham was already a great place to be, it just them enhancing it and letting everybody else see it. And see a club that was was always had that ethos and always had that and a sit a, a city like you say now that always had that kind of ethos and always had that that ring to it. It's just allowing it to be they're giving it the opportunity for it to be more itself and on a stage where other people see it. Oh, definitely. I think I think it was the club itself. Um, I mean, it's had probably several years of being um, been under doldrums and they've had years where they've not been able to get back out. Back into the um, football league, where where they belong, and as a, the, I think the quite a few friends um, go regularly to Wrexham, and I said over the years the, the numbers were, were getting lower and lower and lower, mm-hmm. um, and people were getting more disheartened about the football, and all of a sudden um, these guys have come across from America, but there's two million quid. Let's let's chuck some proper money into the club. And all of a sudden, you've got TikTok, this, that, and the other, and it's just this whole what what's going on. And I think the the good thing as well is about it. On regularly, you hear it on the um, Facebook and whatever. Someone's raising some money for charity. Yep. It might only be five thousand or fifteen thousand. And Rob or um, Ryan will just get the chatbook out, and there you go. There's five thousand pounds or, or five hundred pounds, and it happens yeah, on a regular basis. Kind of thing. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's um, yeah. Re- regularly, you'll, you'll see something locally where they chuck some money in, and things that you don't, you guys won't see nationally. Yeah. But on a, on a local level, and I think it's fantastic what they're doing. Um, they're giving proper support to the community, and actually are giving a little bit back to it um, as what they can do. But I mean, from speaking to um, one of the guys um, a few months back. <laughs> Um, who was one of the, involved in one of the directors, and um, they, they just can't get over how well 
it's happened and how the progress has been and the positivity for Wrexham um, itself, for the proper Wrexham fans. It's been brilliant, absolutely amazing to watch and obviously the excitement of that promotion was was absolutely ridiculous. I think everybody yeah. and their dog watched it, to be fair. Well, they, did yeah. the, they, they did it the... They did not the hard way, but you know, I mean, it made it exciting right down to the last second, which is exactly the way you want to do it if you're going to do it. And it's was it's it not, was the Nuts game and Ben Foster save? Was it uh, was that just, the Nuts game? And that as well, like to totally pack him out the miss. I mean, well, that was that was interesting because that was where he started, you know, that was started. And totally not a wash, but to go back and say, well, you can definitely do it, like you're still there, you're. You're definitely going to do a job for us, kind of thing, and, and come in and do it. It's the story. A cracking we'd have story. Hoped an extra year of Alan McGregor's Rangers career would have been, <laughs> but sadly, it was not um, at, that, at, at that age. But we'll, we'll get there eventually. Okay, back, maybe. back to the beer. This uh, this dolphin is is getting better and better. And it is. Oh, I, I, and I kind of believe that I've never had a, a single hot Motueka beer before. Um, and this is just how many so... times have you been to New Zealand, Carl? I know, but I know, but this is <laughs> we consider ourselves quite well hopped on this podcast. You know, we, we, we're, we're quite we're, you know we're quite well exposed to the different hop varieties and stuff. But it just goes to show that until you taste something in isolation, until you taste it on its own, you don't really fully you can't fully appreciate you know the the different sort of complexities and stuff. I mean, this is, I'm getting sort of herby flavours and right. like sort of basil and, and things like that. And, and the lime, it's like proper, you know, mojito type lime flavours. And it's just, uh, it's fantastic. It really, really is a great beer. It's an absolute, cra- it's a cracking beer. And um, like like you said, um, Cal, I'm, I was, I'm scratching my brain trying to, try to figure out if I've had a single, a, a motek, a single hot beer, and I've gone, I've went through my untapped, can't see any. Scrolling through pictures, can't see any. There's, there's a chance I might have done and just not fucking remembered. But um, <laughs> I'll rephrase that. There's a strong chance <laughs> I have, I just not fucking remembered. But aye, it's, it's a cracking beer, such a good beer, and um, like the back end of it for me is the best part of this beer. That that dryness and that that me bit of bit of I loving it. Not to blow too much smoke up your ass, Richard, but I. <laughs> 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 We're trying our best to find faults, and you just make your so far. You just make fucking good beer. Um, so yeah, we're struggling to be fair at the moment. Um, I noticed a bla- a little bit of black stuff in a vessel there, Richard. Yeah, I've um, had to crack open the Black Tiger. It's nice. um, for me in in actually in the bottle. If you're not tried it in the bottle, and they've tried it in the cast, mm-hmm. the flavours from the hops come out even more in it carbonated. It's probably one of the few beers that I would actually say again. I think it's it's a different beer to the cask. Yeah, in the bottle with carbon. I don't think the carbonation with the New World hops. Somehow brings out the flavour a bit more, yeah. uh, which is why I think a lot of the IPOs are better carbonated. And I think the Black Tiger is one of those, depending on your personal taste and style of beer, what you like. So if you are sort of a Cascale person, mm-hmm. it's a bit more mellow, a bit more smooth, but still has those flavours coming through. But the flavours come through a bit more stronger, carbonated. And I think when you crack open the bottle, I think you'll understand why. So is this is this incarnation like a uh... 
a hoppy stout or is it a stouty IPA? No, you, how would you class it? Well, I suppose I class it as a really as a black IPA. Um, what I wanted to create was a beer that when you closed your eyes, you could be thinking you're drinking something yep. different. When you open it, you go, what "Whoa, the fuck? yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is that?" That's my favourite. I think that's what you really want to try and create. And quite a few people, even in London, in Brew London, and in the time when you say to them, "Try this, but close your eyes." And then open your eyes, and then the facial expressions change because yep. they, if they see the black beer, they drink it. They automatically think of the dark malt flavors coming through. Yep, but it's just got a load of carafe in there. It has got a little tiny bit of chocolate malt to, to come through on it, but it's really there to get the flavor for the hops to come out of it. And because of the the malt mixture, it enables the hops to really come through. Whereas a lot yeah. of the other darker beers. They um, wouldn't say stagnate, but it's like adding milk into a curry mm-hmm. with the darker beers with, with the hops. Mill was it? Some of the, mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the craft, it sort of allows it to come, still come through. Mm-hmm. Black IPAs, and you're you're singing, you're, you're singing to the, the 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 preaching to the choir. Sorry, um, with that, it's <laughs> black IPAs are favourite style. So much so, the only beer that we've we've proper collabed on um, was a black IPA. Yep. Um, and we want that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted people to try it thinking it was going to be a, a dark beer and get basically of on bongo um, <laughs> when they were drinking it. That was that was our intention, was to get as close to that as we could get and, and with varying degrees of success. We, I think we because we were so excited the festival that it was at in Glasgow, we drank four fifths. Right. We drank four fifths of it. So much so that when I went up to get the last one, I think I had to give I gave away my last three quarters pint. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a full pint of it. I got the very last dregs and mm-hmm. and gave them away to somebody else because we had we had drank so much during the day. Hardly anybody else got to try it. But uh, black anybody that does a black IPA is a as a one in our book gets one tick, and then anybody that does it properly gets two. And this is definitely, definitely two, if no more. It's superb. Um, it Thank was, you. It was different glass, and it was. Um, I've got it in the bottle, and I said I might keep it for Mark, but. Ah, he's not getting it. It's <laughs> in Barcelona. Well, though, like, it yeah, that he's going to get some. <laughs> I decided to go with the. I was like, I'll go with the green one first because that's. What, I'll go with that next, and and I'll have that, and I'll let um Richard speak about the, the Black Tiger because I think it's it's best described by the person that makes it, and yeah. it was a it was a proper experience. There were two black IPAs that we tried on the day. Yes. And I must admit, there was one for the, I can't remember, it was a Volkswagen Caddy van with taps on the side of it. Um, I can't remember who the brewery was, but the the the, the Tiger definitely won that battle for me out of the two. They were through in the other room, and I can't remember the name of it. The way, way Out Back is what they were called. They're back, abs- they're absolutely, there will be a guest at the end of the month. There you go. Well, Neil McCullough's to the master series <laughs> one, and, and the, 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 the Tiger one. <laughs> And I don't mind. I don't even mind telling them that. That's no, fine. no, no. I'll stick with that. We're all about re- we're all about real opinions. Like like Gavin said, cask was a not a rarity. There was a few. There was a couple of people had cask on, but it was definitely the one of the or the best effort on on cask that we had the whole day. It was just a, a something that just turned like your head. We've already it? got a fondness. We've already got a fondness for black IPA, and whenever yeah. we've seen it, we were like, yeah, the Magic Dragon are going to be friends of ours, and yeah, they definitely were. And everything else that we've had just. Um, emphasizes that even more. 
100 it it does a little bit doesn't it it's you can see a theme already through all the beers festival wise then we spoke about festivals in brew london is there anywhere else the the magic dragon wares are likely to appear soon well we're doing a um little festival in in wrexham then the end of july um they're having a um, small craft beer festival mm-hmm. um so we're also doing this um the chester one we're, we're going to be there of course um we're considering um birmingham at the moment yep. um, craft beer festival in birmingham and mm-hmm. um, we're sort of weighing up at the moment if we can manage to get the time with conflicts um and yeah i think that that's the they're the main ones i think there's um we're going to be at like Nantwich Food and Drink Festival as well. Um, we were planning to see quite a few in North Wales, but unfortunately, because of circumstances, about three of the events got cancelled yeah. um, a few months back. So um, we're just doing some of the, some of the smaller events, which is quite nice for a change. It's good, and it's it's good to kind of touch base. You'll be touching base with the local community all the time, yeah. but get the and the people there will be people travel there. Based on what we spoke about earlier with Wrexham, I'd imagine it'll be there'll be more people there than there would be normally. So there'll probably be more of those guys at the, the kind of local festival. And like I've, we talk all the time about the best place to try anybody's beer is next door to where they make it. Yeah. No miles away at X Festival. Know that through London's a great experience, but the best place to try your beer, I'd imagine, is in your tap room with the people that drink it normally and you get the whole atmosphere and you get what's intended not just a stall and amongst everybody else hidden hidden among them all I think what we need to put on the list of things we need to do um, which is an ever growing list to be fair on the podcast considering it's been about it's a five year long fucking list to be honest (laughs) is we've um, checked off a few in we fairness. have checked off a few, in fairness, mm-hmm. in absolute fairness. And I think we're checking off another few this year. Well, which... we've got some good friends in Wales, so... We do, we we've do. spoke to a good few Welsh, but there's at least two. Uh, it two could be number two, mm-hmm. this could be number two, at least. At least, at least, uh, at least got, that. And I can't remember the, the wizard, the... the you're, We've got dragons and wizards now. All right, well, wizard, uh, mix, The wizard of mixed fern and in, in, in wilderness. Wilderness, yeah. Um, Wilderness Brewing, who did, so we've got, we've definitely... But I think a great, a great thing, a great kind of almost experiment or thing to do would be trying these beers, obviously, at the tap room, what versions of these beers have you, are, are actually on cask? Um, to be fair, all the all the beers in the bottle, they are all, all available on cask as well. Uh, so they... Um, the... Ones are always on cask. It's green to gold. Um, the border occasionally um, in the tap. The old Magic Mars always on there. Um, depending on the time of the year, we'll have the Dolphin, the Jester a lot at the moment. Yep. Um, we've got the Black Tiger as well, but I'm going to be doing that in keg as well soon. So Ooh. I'm looking forward to that being in keg. Nice and um, yep. And obviously we've got the um, got the Nectar on. We've got got the Doctor G. Um, in keg as well, which they're more designed for keg beers. Yeah, and our yeah. Um, our lager um, as well, craft lager we do as well in keg. So I think that's that would be like an amazing thing to do is just to have an afternoon, a day, and just literally go through every single beer on cask 
and in bottle and just compare the two and just go a, a whole day of comparing yeah, the absolute two. Right, as long as somebody's here to carry you, that's fine. Well, I the order a taxi at like fucking five o'clock. Of course, that's fine. Start, start, <laughs> at, start, start at 10 and be done by five. A shift, a good shift. Definitely. Probably a fucking good shift to be fair. If, anything, if these beers are to go anything by, to be fair, Cam, did I just see you switch beer? Oh. Very quickly. Are you Black Tiger? I'm. I'm trying to tame the tiger here. Yep. You were sly in that, by the way. That was. That was you were good. like a whippet there. Tell us we're right again. Indeed. So. Yep. I mean, it's. It, <laughs> and the, re- the reason that the reason I asked the question earlier was was because. You know, but we all, we always say that that it's a style that's kind of open to interpretation, that that people can go down the route of you know a proper stouty beer with yeah. a, a sort of sprinkling of hops in, and it's and, and 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 it kind of loses it. But I'm of the same opinion as you that it's it should taste like an IPA, but there should be that just that sort of something there that, I, I, like you say, if you were to taste it blindfold, you you wouldn't really necessarily know what was different. Mm-hmm. But this is, uh, it's, it's special. I, I mean, it, it, it's really smooth. The, the, I'm getting a lot of sort of roasted notes on the nose to start with, but you don't get that when you taste. Just, you know, you, the, the hops are sort of forefront. Um, but I had not, it's, it's definitely up there with the best ones that I've had, like, like IPAs. Just, just you let that warm up a wee bit, son. I will, yep. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Gets better as it lasts longer. It's super. No, it's really it, it's excellent, and it's a uh, one you could have. Well, we've we've had black IPAs that obviously amp up the the ABV a good bit um, right. because that's tends to be the four forty mil can way to go, and this is one that you could you could as us that love it, you could totally sit and quaff a good few. I think. Um, Every every beer's been like that that we've had so far, but this that one in particular is one that you could you could have it and another one and find something different the next time you have it. Yep. Which was definitely mine and your experience, Gav, with the way we had it. We had, had quite a, a a heated not heated but jovial um and an enthusiastic conversation afterwards about what we were getting and what we were we were tasting and and it was just a it was an experience. It was definitely the. We drank obviously drank a few beers because we had the wristbands to go back again and 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 even even disappeared away to the beer mile afterwards. But if it was amongst trains, planes, and automobiles getting home to or back to yours and and he's born, it was um one we remembered for sure. No, de- a hazy aye. day, it stuck it like a sore thumb. It did stick it. It stuck out tremendously. Um, hundred percent. Aye, it definitely was one of the highlighted beers uh, or highlight beers. Of that festival for myself and of the day in general. Um, If we look forward to the future in terms of what you've got coming up, what should we kind of keep our eyes out for in terms of Magic Dragon? Well, I'm going to have um, a little bit of a play. When I say play, experiment, I suppose is the right word, with fruit and beer. Um, But I don't want to create them too sickly sweet or too, you know, I want to be able to taste, have the hops flavour coming through with with the fruit. So it's um, I'm gonna have a go at a, a mango one, um, and what I'm quite excited about is um, one of the local festivals locally. Um, it's called Blackberry Fair, and they've asked me to do a blackberry kind of style of beer. That so I'm, I'm gonna in the autumn. I'm gonna be looking at trying to do a, a blackberry porter. Oh, 
<laughs> so that's what I'm, Ooh, I'm quite excited about good. having a having a go at that. But unfortunately, I've got to make sure I get that one right before it. Mm-hmm. So that's one I'm going to if I have to work on it two or three times mm-hmm. before it's officially released um, for October. Exactly. That'll be one that I should hopefully will um, have got got right by then. Um, hopefully, it'll be the first time. Straight off broom, not a problem. <laughs> well, uh, that's, uh, that, that's what everybody dreams for, right? But whenever it's ready to go, uh, drop Gavin or drop the the podcast email at a shout because there'll be um, well, I'm no bothering about Gavin. He can get as many as he likes to uh, Sussex if he wants. But there's twelve coming to Central Scotland. Yep, absolutely. Goes. There'll be plenty of orders going uh, north and, of the border, definitely. I'll be breaking out the wallet for that one, absolutely. <laughs> Um, talking about that and breaking out of the wallet, um, if people want to get hold of your beers, where is the best place to do so? Um, best place to do so is on my website, um, magicdragonbrewing.com. Um, at the moment, we haven't got the Black Tiger listed up there because the bottles are very, very new. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I've not actually managed to put them up on the website yet, um, but it will be in the coming days. Superb. Um I will put a link on one on the description below this podcast and also on our Instagram page to take you directly to the Magic Dragon shop on the website magicdragonbrewing.com. Um, if you go through the website, you'll see an array of some amazing fucking beers that some that we've mentioned, some that we haven't mentioned this evening. Um, the one thing that I'd probably just point you in the direction of getting uh, is probably the Welsh Craft Ale gift box, which is probably the best way to kind of kick your your experience off with Magic Dragon. It's seventeen pound ninety nine pence. Are you fucking kidding me for six bottles, six five fifty mil bottles? What's that? Two ninety a bottle, roughly. Good maths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quick maths. I'm, I'm going to say it's quick, but it was good because you've had all night to prepare for that. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking written it down, bitch. <laughs> No, the, the, I like the gift. Like, I, I, we love the opportunity where there's a mixed pack because you're getting the, the opportunity to try all the different styles that are there. That's our kind of thing to get into. And then you can kind of go through and decide what you want for the next time you order, which will definitely, there will be a next time. Um, so you, you get to try everything. You get a, a good kick at it, as they, as, as we say. Um, your, uh, your, web, your website guys are obviously um, ahead of the curve Richard because the Black Tiger is on the website is um, it? Uh, Liz has put it, uh, it wasn't on that yesterday but I have to say a KC12 Black Tiger for 33 quid is an absolute steal you might uh, go, fucking go for it man 33 quid mm. that's fucking that's robbing the brewery <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's so good, and there's a there's a beer club as well. Yes, which yeah. is excellent. Any, okay, tell us about club? the beer club. Um, the beer club it's really aimed for design people who buy the beer regularly. So you get a um, discount if you're just an online customer if you're buying it regularly. Um, but it also gives you um fifty beer pints off in the pub, and that's happening. Oh, so all the all the regulars. Got on there, they're all most of my brewery club members now. Um, and just give a free t shirt once a year, drag them up to the brewery, let them sample a few fresher beers. Mm-hmm. Um, just to say thank you for the support for the year. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yes. It seems like a, a very worthwhile um subscription there. Like, say, go on the website, you're back to them as well. Honestly, you're not going to be disappointed to be fair. Uh, magicdragonbrewing.com. 
um, get yourself on the uh, beer club subscription or definitely one of the gift boxes. You're not going to be disappointed. Well worth the money and tremendous value for money as well in terms of the beers. The beer styles, uh, very, very versed, and the beers themselves just taste tasting fucking good. By the way, like excellent, excellent stuff, excellent Top stuff. Top notch beers. Um, Richard, we've taken too much of your time already, good sir. Um. Like I said, if you want to go to the go to the website and just fucking go. Don't if you want to, just go and check it out. To be fair. Um magicdragonbrewing.com. While you're at it as well, you can head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. You can show your official support for the podcast, get access to exclusive content, including our trip or my trip, I should say, to the Drop Project uh, Brewing Festival Friends Fest, um, which we're at which I was at last weekend. Um if you're listening to this and you are a Patreon member, you've got three or four exclusive bits that should be up there by now, by the time you listen to this podcast. Should be, if I've done it in time. Should be. <laughs> um, you can you can grab yourself a listen to it also. Like I said, heading to patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. Like, follow and share everything you see on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Make sure as well you search for the Magic Dragon. Also, make sure you like and follow and share. I'll get all the links to everything for Magic Dragon on Instagram and on the website, etc. You're just... You're not going to be fucking disappointed. Go there, buy beer. Just go buy beer. Go buy beer, drink beer, buy more beer. Because it's it's good. It's just fucking good. Um, Richard, absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, Can't wait to have you on sometime soon again because if that's anything to go by... Yeah, definitely. You've got you've got oh. four you've got you've definitely got three loyal customers. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll the, the other one. The other one in a second. As he'll get he'll get converted from, as soon as he's back to sunny Spain. <laughs> he'll get converted hundred uh, percent. But until next time in the podcast, Richard, thank you again for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Till next time, cheerio. Mm-hmm. Yeah.